And I didn't ever go to AA or anything. I just, you know, I just like to party a little too hard. And so I look at these Cowboys games too. Oh man, I'm like an adult getting shit face drunk in a 20 year old's jersey. I'm like, oh man, I, I did that for so long. I'm kind of happy. I still go to the Cowboys games. I still, uh, I guess I'd still put on a jersey. I just won't be like completely, you know, shit faced. And this is something new. This is a Soleil. This is I'm I'm trying to quit the uh, the diet sodas. Have you ever had the sparkling water? And it has caffeine. Uh, I, I drink. Here's what I drink uh, all the time. My oh Lacroix. Yeah, this is just the cheap version of Lacroix. But this is yeah. now with caffeine. Have you seen that before? No, yeah, I haven't. That. Yeah, kind of tastes funny. Yeah, I, I drink the uh, because I, the same way I wanted to get rid of uh, drinking pop, so I got that. All right, you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Yes, yes. Yeah, this is good. We're, it's, it's a great pre-show. <laughs> My cat's going crazy, of course. Every time you can tell the energy when I'm like starting to talk to somebody, and he, he's just going to go nuts, but he'll come and calm down. Come here, Stein. All right, hey, we're, we're, we're live. Uh, primetime Stein, how you doing? Alex Stein, it's so great to have you. Well, it's Primetime 99, Alex Stein. For the people you know watching at home, you might not know me because you know uh, I'm kind of new on the scene, but I had the video of me singing at Dallas City Hall, and I can't believe I get to come on your show all because of that dumb video. It makes me so uh, happy that I'm here because of that. So thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate well, it. Well, we're going to show the video in a little bit just so people, if they don't know, uh, they can check it out. And, uh, yeah, Primetime99, and you have a YouTube channel called Conspiracy Corner, which we'll talk about, and your name's Alexander Stein Prince. And uh, you try to shatter illusions, so that that should be pretty interesting. And how did you get the nickname Primetime Ninety Nine? Because I, I've done some like you know I have to do some research before mm -hmm. I go on. I'm like, dude, this guy's like, I mean, he's like a reality star. I'm like, whoa, wow, one of these people. Because I, I saw <laughs> this. If you look him up, he's been on various reality shows. Uh, that, um, you know, they're not exactly The Bachelor, but they're, they're up there. They're, um, let me see, you were on... ABC, the, the Glass yeah. House is what that was. It was actually the show before The Bachelor. It was the opening show for The Bachelor. Yeah, you were on Sweet Home Alabama, and that's where, like, a bunch of guys try to date a pretty southern girl, right? Yes, it's 10 country guys or 10 city guys. Wait, Paul, I love you. You're the first guy to actually bring up uh, Sweet Home Alabama. You really did your research. So, yes, that is like The Bachelor. And let me tell you something. I should have been on the show much longer. I got like uh, I kind of that was another we were talking earlier. How I stopped drinking. I got like they got us wasted on that show. And I was just kind of, you know, fighting with everybody. But let me tell you the premise of that. It's 10 city guys versus 10 country guys trying to date one southern belle, one pretty girl. And it's insane because you got 20 guys living in a house and they range from like 19 years old to like 35 years old. So like all these different guys at different points in life. Some are attorneys, you know, some are like crackhead type guys, you know, from the country. It was just insane. That was one of the craziest experiences ever living in a house of 20 guys, fake dating some random girl. That was, I would never do that again. I would do a lot of stuff. I would never do that again. Have you ever dated a Southern girl? Um, my current girlfriend, Sasha, she was born in Arkansas. Have you ever done that? Of course, I'm born and raised in Dallas, Texas, and and that's the problem is I love to date girls from small towns. Girls that that have grown up in like a smaller town, they're just they're more down to earth. I don't, I don't care what ratio. Uh, I'm just telling you, girls from the bigger cities just are just just have I don't know they don't have that like country laid backness that girls from that grew up going to Walmart and like the dollar store. 
Those are the best. Like girls that if they ever rode like rodeo. Like I dated a barrel racer for a long time. One of the best girlfriends I ever dated. Most laid back. I mean, she was a. Prof- I mean, she made, she went to nationals in high school in barrel racing. So she was like a real cow girl. Talk about down to earth. I mean, talk about you know what I mean. You pass gas in front of her. It's not that big a deal. You know what I mean. She's laid she's back. Got the, she, she's, she's got the rope skills. And, and she, your- she's got all the skills. She's seeing these horses take big dumps the size of uh, you know Toyota yeah. Priuses. She's not worried about if you pass gas every once in a while. You know, while you're watching the Cowboys game. Yeah, and, you know, and the advantages of dating a Southern girl. Before I dated Sasha, I briefly dated a girl in Little Rock. And she broke up with me, but it worked out. She said, you know, at least we can still be cousins. So I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> and we that's went for that. That's uh, nice yeah. Story. And then but you, I, I looked you up again because, you know, I, I just try to stalk people, see what they do. And you were on another dating show called Excused, right? Oh, I was on a bunch. Okay. So when I first, let me tell you my little bit of my trajectory. People are like, Alex, how are you on all these shows? Well, so I uh, went to LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It was like this wild college. And like, it was just a, it was such a cluster but my cats were crazy. Skyler, shut up! I'm sorry about that. He's just not gonna. He's not gonna shut up until I give him attention. But I went to LSU. I graduated from this college. It was a nightmare. They tried to suspend me, or they did suspend me. You know, I got in trouble drinking at a uh, football game. I got in a couple uh, altercation, physical altercations on campus my freshman year. So I was on probation, and then like I got in a drinking violation. And so I was like always fighting with LSU and this and that. So I had this like tumultuous college career, but I graduated. I didn't know what I was going to do. I went to L.A. and I didn't have a job. I literally packed all my stuff in my Tahoe, my 2002 Tahoe. And I went to Central Casting and I got a job working as what they call 18 to look younger on all these, you know, um, TV shows like The Office, Spider-Man. I mean, I was on some big time shows. But because of that, because I was in Hollywood all the time meeting like production people, I saw these like, oh, you'd be perfect for this reality show. You'd be perfect for this. And any reality show casting I went to in L.A., I got. I got every single one. I'm not trying to brag. It's pathetic how easy it is because I'm such an attention whore. Like, oh, yeah, he'd be perfect for this dating show. So Excused was the first dating show that I was ever on. And I've actually been on four dating shows because I've been on. And then I, the most recent one, I was on a show called The Online Dating Rituals of the American Male. Uh, and that that was a docudrama, basically, on Bravo or a dramedy, whatever, docudramedy where they followed, you know, different males online dating. And uh, so I've shown my whole dating life on TV, no problem. But it's all bull crap. Like none of the relationships uh, that I've met on, you know, TV ever worked out or, you know. And But I do know some people that are on The Bachelor that are still together. They met on a show. Uh, I know two people that on the Love Island or whatever the spinoff of The Bachelor is. They live in Dallas. I met him at a party. They met on the show. They're still together and just had a kid. So some of those TV show relationships work, but the majority, 99% of the shows you see excused, all those like one and done dating shows, the people never meet or end up dating. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while I go, uh, when I met Sasha, she showed me, she loved Rock of Love, I think, where all these guys. That's one of the best ones with Brett Michaels, Rock. And that's what I grew up watching those Flavor Flay, Flavor of Love. That's what I love. See, those are the good old days. And when I went to Hollywood, the guy that produces that, he actually used to work for uh, Howard Stern. His name is, uh, what is his name? Um, uh, 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 Mark Cronin is his name, and mm-hmm. he has a he has a production company, and he created all those shows. He the first one that was a hit was the one where all the celebrities lived in the in the house. What was that called? Um, you know, uh, uh, 
What was that? Uh, do you remember that? How popular that show where all the celebrities lived in the house? It was like you know, Vanilla Ice and uh, I, I didn't watch that. I, I, I didn't I, watch that. But that guy yeah, he created all the spinoffs: Tequila, Tequila, the VH1 days of reality TV shows was the best. Brett Michaels, Flavor Flav, it will never get back to as good as that era. Yeah, I, I knew Tequila. Tequila. She used to message me years ago before she went kind of crazy, and she was on Twitter. She was a lot of fun though, and. Uh, yeah, those were fun times. So I have to ask you, they're, they're fake, right? They're all kind of fake. Well, I mean, exactly. You, you play like a role, like you were the villain, right? Where I read you were trying to be the bad guy. Well, that's the show, The Glass House. Like, it's totally fake. They even tell you that they have producers' discretion to change whatever, mm -hmm. to do whatever they can. So, like, on the Sweet Home Alabama show, that you know they tell the girl, like, hey, kick him off, or hey, don't kick him off. You know, right. they, they don't, and that's the same with The Bachelor. Like, very few decisions do they actually – they might make you think it's kind of like the government. They give you the illusion that, you know, even the players <laughs> in the game are making a choice, but really they're like, Hey, you can eliminate these four people or whatever. You know, somehow they set it up. The producers always have the discretion and always control it. And that probably kind of messes it up a little bit. I think um, is them probably trying to micromanage these like reality shows. Uh, but like you said, they're all fake because you have to get this stuff done in a certain time frame. There's only a certain amount of yada, yada, yada. There's so much like factors. You don't realize you see behind the camera that obviously it's like it's not staging that you have lines like you know i know none of these shows like maybe in the walk-up you've had to like repeat like i'm alex 23 other than mm -hmm. like describing yourself no you don't have lines when you meet the people and like the but they put you in these interactions where they know what content they're going to get and it's like i said it's all it's just bull crap anything yeah i heard that before by this one contestant on the survivor and i never really watched survivor but she said that she was like the bitch role and the producers kept caught telling her no you got to act more bitchy you got to act more bitchy that's your role here so it's like i mean come on you know yeah of course oh, yeah. that's how they did with me on the on the glass house show it's like and i really didn't know because i would watch all those tila tequila or you know all those like brett michael yeah. shows and this was on abc so it was a little more subdued and I was like, they encouraged me to be the villain. And I guess my idea of the villain was like being really hardcore and, you know, cussing yeah. people. I'm being like, oh, I'm going to, I don't know. I just had the wrong idea of what the villain was. And they encouraged me to be an idiot. And I wish I would have gone with my gut instead of like trying to impress some uh, TV producer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, let's look at, if you don't mind, watch your recent video that got you kind of famous with his oh, uh, yeah, right. viral. And so I'm going to, this is on his site too. So let's just, I'll share the screen here. A lot of you guys, you've probably seen this. It, it was so funny because I have to be honest, uh, Alex, when I first saw this, I thought it could be real until I saw it the second time that <laughs> I listened to the lyrics because you had all these, you know, TikTok nurses doing, see, that's the thing. And I know you wrote a good satire is when you have to, you don't really know if it's real or not because it's so close. And that's kind of what you did here, I think, is made it. Um, and what I'll do, and I think to do this, what I got to do is I got to mute us so people don't get an echo. So I'll do that. Ale Alexander Stein. Barely, right on time. Okay. Whew, let me catch my breath. Sorry, guys. Okay. My name's Alex Stein. I'm here today because we got to vaccinate our children. You know, we really don't have enough 
vaccines, like they're not mandatory. And that's the problem. We got to mandate these vaccines. So I've figured a way where I think we can make it, I don't know, like, I guess more hip and uh, cool for, uh, my phone's not working. I'm trying to get, I want to, what I want to say is we got to vaccinate our kids. We have to vaccinate them fast and early, but of course my phone's not playing, but I had a song that I wanted to do. And of course, it never works when, when you're trying to make it work, but I guess we'll just have and to. So I'm freaking out. The phone's not working. I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm like tripping stand out right now. Stand up. Please stand up. Vaccinate your mom. Vaccinate your dad. Vaccinate the happy. Vaccinate the sad. Vaccinate your babies. Vaccinate them. Even if they got rabies. Vaccinate my life. Vaccinate my wife. Vaccinate your DNA. Vaccine created by the CIA. Vaccinate your body. Vaccinate me at the party. Vaccination free. Vaccination freaking leak. I want the vaccine in my life. I want the vaccine for my wife. I want to vaccinate you all day long. Vaccinate you while I wear my thong. Vaccinate me. Vaccinate who? Vaccinate she. Vaccinate her. Vaccinate them. Vaccinate my friend. I want to vaccinate to the end. Vaccinate me pure L. I love you. What can I say? DNA. I love you. I got the pure L feeling pure. So clean. Got the lights off. Cause I'm calling Paul. Do you gotta clean the mic? You gotta vaccinate. You gonna get Corona from Mona. Don't vaccinate. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. You gotta vaccinate in the lone star state. Vaccination is so great. Vaccinate me all day long. Vaccinate your dad and mom. Vaccinate my body. Vaccinate me at the party. I vaccine dream. I love the vaccine all day long. I want to vaccinate your mom. I want to stick your dick in your arm. Oh, my, where are you? I want to vaccinate you, but you can't hear my song. Vaccinate me in my thong. Vaccination, right or wrong. Dr. Fauci, give me that ouchie. I want it in my body. Vaccinate me to go to the party. Almost over. Oh, is back. Vaccinate me white, white or black. black. Vaccinate you. Vaccinate who? Vaccinate you all day long. Vaccinate your dad and mom. Vaccinate me in my thong. Vaccinate the mayor. I am a vaccination player. What can I say? I'm the real round sayer. Prime time. Nine and nine. On the ground. All the time. I blow your mind. I spit the rhyme. I commit the crime. I'm always on time because I'm nine and nine. Alex that and I grind the shot and I blow your mind. One more time. Vaccinate your mind. Vaccinate your body. Vaccinate your life if you're vaccination party. I love y'all. Peace. God bless. Follow me. Wow, I'm sick of listening to that. That's about the thousandth wow, time I've listened to that. That that was great. That, and I made that up. I'm telling you, that was a freestyle. Before I got in there, I had, and I guess you know, it, it did work out better that I didn't have the music because I was able to just kind of like extemporaneously write a poem, basically, right, right. there. Um, but that was that was almost like I I almost joke. Uh, I'm not super religious. I believe in God, but like that was like the spirit of something else was inside. Like I don't even remember. I was almost blacked out for that. Uh, I'm not even. I'm. Not, I mean, I'm kidding, obviously. But it's like when I was speaking up there, literally, you're kind of like feeling the energy of them. I'm kind of rhyming. Like looking back at that, I'm kind of like, how did I do that? What was I rhyme? Like I don't even know how I kind of did that, honestly. Not that it's that talented. I mean, just rhyming up there is. I was almost like a, a, an idiot. I'm not even saying that it's that good, but like looking back, I'm like, how did I? even decide to do that if i had to recreate that if i had to do that exactly the same again i don't think i could do it a hundred i could watch that a hundred times and try to recreate it and i still wouldn't be able to do it the exact same way 
And, and what was this? Was this just like an open mic? Anyone could speak for so long? Was that what the deal was at the council? So how, so how it works at the city council? I've been going for over a year. And I'm telling you, listen, when I first went there and I talked about like real stuff, how they, they closed like the public restrooms at the park right. and how people couldn't like, you know, cha- go to the restroom because they had colostomy bags and stuff and how this didn't help, you know, anything with the virus or what, you know what I'm talking about? You know, serious stuff. Yeah, Nobody listens to any of that stuff. But then when I started the first, I had a speech that I went there that went, you know, when I say viral, like Ben Shapiro shared it. This is a one. Yeah. And no, this is a different one. I don't know if you saw, but this is one where I, I, would, I said a pro-abortion speech. Yeah, that was great, too, where you're talking about the birthing. You had a couple of birthing people pregnant. Yes, that's what I was talking about. I had some birthing people pregnant. And so people love that because I was just so weird. I was so pro-abortion. It was just so so psychotic. And that was yeah. another one where people don't know, is this real or is this fake? So I guess where my inspiration comes from is like Andy Kaufman. You know, I try to be like a mix of, of Andy Kaufman where you kind of don't, Listen, I, the joke, not everybody's going to get my joke regardless if I'm trying to be funny to please everybody. So I guess that's what I've realized is I'm not trying to please everybody. I'm just trying to like kind of teeter on that line of like, is it real or is it fake? I make people ask, make them ask themselves, is this real or is this fake? That's almost just as good as a laugh because then people have to investigate. And for me, that makes me laugh. That kind of makes me laugh that it makes people like, you know, question the nature of a reality. Yeah, and I saw that one of your heroes was Andy Kaufman or one of your inspirations. And boy, I'm older than you, but I can remember when he would do his stuff. And I don't know if you ever saw that. He was on a show called Fridays, I think it was. It's like Saturday Night Live. And the guy literally broke character in the middle of a, a set. And the other actors didn't know what he was doing. It With was Michael so- Richards. Michael Richards from uh, Seinfeld. That show is and, and and they say Michael Richards on Fridays was like a star. You know, he was, a, you, know, you know, an incredible comedian back then, way before Seinfeld. You know, apparently that's how they would describe him. And yeah, he went off script. I would do that in two seconds. That's hilarious because he knows it doesn't matter. It's some stupid TV show, a sketch that it would have never been remembered. But because he goes off and like, I guess, slaps like the producer of the show. But see, do you think that was fake? Do you think that him going off script was fake on Fridays? Uh, from what I read, he would do stuff that even if he wasn't in front of the camera, he would like what we call now troll people. I don't think they had the term back then, but you know, even when he did, uh, he was on taxi and he developed this alternate character that he, he literally kind of went with even behind the scenes. Tony Clifton. Yeah. So it wasn't just for the camera. He was doing stuff just to screw with the other cast members. A lot of them seriously got pissed about him because he was just he just was in a different mode. And he never described himself as a comedian, per se. He was more like a performance artist. And he was a weird dude. I can respect what he did because hardly anyone else did that sort of thing. Nobody did it. And I don't remember. I mean, I remember Taxi being successful like after the fact. But wasn't that the number one show at the time? Uh, you know, and I, he was like, you know, one of the stars of it. So he was, a, you know, for a short lived career, he died at 35. He was, you know, at the top of like a sitcom and he didn't like being on a sitcom, supposedly. So there's something that I can kind of respect about him. Like he still was a bus boy, even when he was on the taxi, you know, the top show on right. TV. So something about him, I know is weird. And he probably he did that. Like you said, he really walked the walk and talked the talk. But I like that. Like, I guess I kept kept him level headed, I guess. And I noticed a lot of people still don't figure you out because I read the article that was written. I guess you did an interview with the Daily Dot. Yeah. And they said, oh, you trolled uh, the far right. And I'm like, uh, dude, I don't know if he's really doing that per se. <laughs> no, I didn't. Try. I mean, the, the people on the right uh, loved it because they got to dunk on the people on the left. And the Daily Dot, of course, they're going to write like this 
you know, skewed thing. But that's another thing. When this went, when this video went viral, I had Vice. I had uh, uh, mm-hmm. what, not only Vice, and then uh, uh, what was the other big one? And they they ran away as soon as they realized my. Uh, as soon as they realized that you know I was trolling both sides because that's where we're at right now because all the people dunking on the left like oh he wasn't he didn't have his inoculation and he died so they're you know they're celebrating that and the people like they did get the inoculation and you know and something happens to him people on the right are celebrating that so we're in this like really division divisive nature where we're like celebrating each other's deaths we're in the sick place in society uh and that's probably one of our biggest issues i think yeah, I, I think that is. I mean, it's just good that someone can have some uh, fun with that. And uh, how do you deal with or have you started to be worried about uh, the, the whole censorship thing? Like, how, how do you do things without going too far? And it's sad we're in that situation because I don't know if you ever watched George Carlin. I love that style where you just say what you want. But now we're not really that way. And even what you did with your little video there about the vaccine, you kind of had a, because it's a a, a parody or a satire, I think YouTube sort of allowed it. But if you, you're kind of on the line there. Do you ever worry about that? Dude, I get so many strikes. That video is 100% on the line. And that's why it's like in so many of my things. But uh, it is a pro-vaccine. You're allowed to be pro-vaccine on Yeah, YouTube. well, we are all pro-vaccine yeah. here, and yeah. we want you to stick it in your body as many times as you want. YouTube censors, we love it. I, I just got vaccinated today, and the other day I did, and uh, we stick it in all our bodies, and we're all for that. Just we so love it. Every booster is better than the last. So, yes, boosting. I can't wait for the next booster. Me neither. I can't wait to get boosted. I'm actually thinking about going to Israel so I can get boosted a little early. But what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, I always worry that this, the, the, the censorship is absolutely insane. Like, I get, I got so many strikes. You can't, there's certain words you can't even say that'll get flagged. I mean, the, everything they call medical misinformation. And then if you say anything about uh, any sort of election, any the, it, dude, it is insane. So that's why I have to have multiple channels because, like, I'm always worried that, you know, I have to do, do like one video here and one video on this one and one video on this one just in case it gets censored. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. it's just, you never know. It's a crapshoot. But it's this, the problem is it's this artificial intelligence, you know, reading these transcripts of these videos. And it's like a, the robo police, you know, you don't have your day in court. Even if you have, even if it's like satire, sometimes it might not get that. So it just sucks that we don't even have, like, it, 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 if YouTube at least maybe had a day in court where you could, like, plead your case to a human or something, maybe that right. would at least be a little bit, or you'd feel like you're not getting totally screwed over, but you, like, send in your appeal and it's, 40 yeah, minutes later, appeal denied. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, right. nobody even read this. What am I, why am I even, who am I talking to? I'm not even talking to a human. I'm talking to an algorithm machine that's running my life. Like, it's terrible. Yeah, that is frustrating. And I, I don't know. I used to do a lot of old stuff satire when this whole uh, thing came about. And in Washington, they only allowed gatherings over five people at Thanksgiving. So I, I just called the police there and say, hey, I, I was planning on having six, but if I have to leave grandma behind, I will. Let me know the law. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm saying, it, 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 dude, it's absurd. Like a lot of these rules and, and we do have to mock it. But uh, listen, it just sucks, though, the censorship that we can't speak freely. You'd think that we'd still have a First Amendment right. But we really, truly don't. And, and it's getting so bad. Like people like Nick Fuentes, they take away their bank. They take away, you know, they kick you off Twitter. They kick you off like these, these you know, social platforms. That is literally like you're like a pariah. You can't communicate. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
it's 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 not a laughing matter. It really sucks. It's like George Orwell's 1984, The Thought Police. If you do not align with them, you cannot exist on the internet. Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of things. A lot of people surprised I'm still on Twitter, but I know how to do it in a perfect way without getting trolled. Because if you ever look me up, one of the things I was so proud of uh, where I got this in the Daily Mail and all these international uh, papers that I said that men and women shouldn't shake hands. Look it up. Look this up. And it was on April 1st I did that, which I, I'm just really proud of. Oh, being I love to, that. April 1st, you really trolled them good. And it's hard to troll on April 1st, but I was able to do that. And, yeah, so I, 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 I understand what you're doing, and I love it. And I really think humor is very effective to do a message. And I know one of your uh, – someone you like is uh, named after – similar name as my girlfriend, Sasha – uh, Cohen, right? Yeah, Sasha, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen. I mean, I, yeah, politically, I don't like his politics at all, but he's awesome. I think he's yeah, one of the best. I mean, and have you ever thought that you could be like the other version of him? And that would be awesome if you could do that. But you still have the censorship problem, though, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want to do. I mean, that's my dream. I did talk about it. I want to make like a narrative based trolling type video, exactly like Sasha Baron Cohen did, you know, yeah. that. And, and but be on that. And because I, I consider myself in the middle, I'm not like some ultra right, you know, conservative person, but I'm also not like this far left bleeding heart defend all of our assets to save Israel and save trans rights and just, you know, like, you know, right. let, let, you know, biological males can, can compete against women because they, you know, feel like one i mean there's a lot of stuff you know where we got to come back to like our senses we've gone too far we're almost we've progressed too far almost um we need to regress some sort of way there used to i mean you see a lot of liberals even that are uncomfortable with this whole cancel culture because i'm old enough to remember when the left was all about hey if something offends you just turn the channel and and now they're the ones like trying to shut everything down and when that first started with YouTube, I was really shocked because I'm like, well, how can it hurt you? If you don't like what someone's saying, just don't watch them. It's, it's not like real life, right? You can't really be hurt. Just look the other way. Just it's easy, right? Just look the other way and you don't have to deal with it. But they have this real totalitarian mindset. But I, I think with satire, it, it's hard for the algorithm to deal with it because they don't quite understand really where you're going with it and i think that can be very effective uh, satire and humor i think that's our last hope i mean you know i always talk about this you know in my uh, uh in my show and people probably get annoyed but since i'm on yours i can talk about it you know they did a and w that when they got into the uh they're actually in the fast food business before mcdonald's but they did a, a nationwide market research survey asking people what they thought was a better value, you know, a quarter pounder burger for like $5 or the third pounder burger for a little less. And people overwhelmingly thought the quarter pounder burger was more than a third pound because people don't realize a simple fraction. You know, they don't realize a third of a pound right. is more than a quarter pound. So I'm saying that's the type of people we're dealing with. It's not even like it's just they're so easily tricked. They're so easily manipulated. So satire is the only way to kind of like break them out of that, like, you know, uh, almost a spell or hypnosis where like your brain is so tired from doing the math. You're just like, Oh, let somebody else do it for me. Even if it's a simple equation is two plus seven, you know, is nine. Like you're just kind of tired. You don't even want to do it. You're like, is it 8.7? You know, you'll just, you'll almost take somebody's word for it because you don't want to do the investigation yourself. So I think satire, like we were saying earlier, is this real or is this fake or making people laugh? 
So they're not under that constant trauma-based mind control where they're like scared, like, oh, how many people are dying? And how many, because people are dying. There's, there's, ter- there's terrible stuff going right. around us all the time. But we don't need to just obsess over it. We need to try to live our lives because we have a short time here and we need to savor the flavor of some, some sort. We shouldn't just constantly be under, you know, a cortisol release of hormonal pain and, and misery. Yeah, that's my philosophy. And I try to keep things light. And I'm actually going back to that. Um, uh, just doing, you know, like my Chrissy Mayer interview is great to have her and have you. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And I understand what you're saying. For example, you're not really a fan of Donald Trump, correct? No. And I mean, there's a time when I thought Donald Trump was going to lock Hillary up and all this stuff. And I was kind of, <laughs> I mean, I was tricked into liking it. You know, I mean, I, you know, because I liked his bravado and I used to like him when he goes on the Howard Stern show. So do I like Donald Trump, like the character Donald Trump? Yeah. I mean, I think he's an mm-hmm. uh, entertaining guy. But no, dude, what he did to his own supporters on January 6th, you know, he he should have bailed them out, you know, or he should have done something. But all those people were his biggest supporters. He still had some time in the office. And I know people that are, they're, they're under house arrest now, a guy at Lou Coffey, you know, because he thought he was going there and, you know, helping mm-hmm. this guy. And he didn't do anything to help those people. So that just shows you that's kind of the guy he is. And then, like, he went and he pardoned all these people, like, you know, his, his uh, you know, son-in-law's dad and, like, all these rappers. But there was a lot of people like Julian Assange. There's a lot of people, serious people he could have pardoned that deserved it. The whole WikiLeaks, the, he, the whole reason he won his election is because of the WikiLeaks stuff on Hillary Clinton. And I'm like, why wouldn't you get Julian Assange out? So all this stuff that I want to get, I wanted to give Trump the benefit of the doubt, but I can't. I mean, he's just, he, he, he burned that bridge. So yeah, no, I'm not a Trump fan whatsoever. Yeah, I felt that way about January 6th, too. I, I thought the whole thing was sort of ridiculous. You know, Chrissy Mayer was there. It's funny, and that it really hurt her, too, because she said a lot of times people are calling when she's about to be booked somewhere. They're like, oh, you don't want her on. She was part of the insurrection or something. And That's true. So, people have it, called it, the clubs and said that uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's just all this sort of blacklisting we're getting back again. It's just uh, crazy, but... It's okay. It's kind of fun being part of the counterculture, which I think we are when you're going to get to the main culture. It makes it easier for satire. And I think it's a lot of fun. Well, uh, I, you were on another show too. I wanted to ask you about. I have to admit, I never watched it because I confession, I don't watch much TV. I'm, you know, maybe I should, but you were the on TV stinks show. now. No, I mean, it's, it's the worst. Like I, I don't watch it at all anymore. I just watch the internet. It's, it's almost, yeah, kind of, I, am. Yeah. I, I never even like, I'm like, what the hell is this? It's just, it doesn't appeal to me whatsoever. And, uh, we literally don't even have TV here. We just have the internet. That's all we do. I mean, sometimes we get Netflix or whatever, but I've never, I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched a show on television like when i was growing up you had all the sitcoms like mash all in the family one day at a time you know cheers you had all these shows seinfeld and now i I don't even know what's out there i I never even look at it It, this is the worst part of the forget all the intersectionality is like when they create content they're you know creating like they have to have like a gay latina lead instead of like the story but this is the thing is is back in the day they used to have seasons like the office and this i think office is like the most recent and even the the sopranos but this day and age these shows they don't even get to fit they all stink so like even if you get invested in a show it ends after the second season ends after the third season there's no good cheers there's no good 10 Mm -hmm. season shows anymore and all you got to do is look at the top movies from the 90s look at like the top movies from 1994 i believe it's like pulp fiction i think the top comedies like american pie the top dramas like shawshank redemption i mean these are like top movies and then you compare the top movies of like 2019 it's like boss baby it's like you know spider-man and spider-man i'm sure is a good movie but i'm saying it's just a different form of art 
that it's all superhero movies now that cost right. like a trillion dollars to make you like the movie because there's so much action uh, compared to like Shawshank Redemption or like American Pie or like these classic comedies that they can't recreate today that was like about art and that's that's where we've gone we've like we've uh talked about idiocracy or whatever we've devolved artistically we've gotten less creative and less artistic than we used to be in the 90s it's funny you brought up idiocracy and i saw that was one of your favorite movies i loved it i loved it and i i didn't realize how uh real that was until uh, I move it into my new house where I know I'm with Sasha and we, we live in an area that's, you know, over an apartment, not that fancy here. And I never had been around the, I don't know how to say this nicely, but I'll just say a kind of white trash culture. Okay. <laughs> we literally have a guy out there and I'm not joking. His name literally was Bubba and he, you know, Bubba liked to drink his beer outside and his mm -hmm. shirt off and it was just everything like that movie idiocracy. He had a lot of kids, you know, it, yeah. it was, and he was breeding and that's uh, true though but people that have all their stuff together they don't have six kids and the people that have six kids are the people that don't even care you know they're just you know they don't just, care. they just yeah. have sex and whatever you know that so. is 100 percent true it's i mean that, that that and i mean that's another thing i didn't realize 1970 it's one in like forty-four thousand. now it's one in 44 kids are supposed to be born with autism yeah, that, that it's a uh, pretty uh, strange. So uh, I mean, that's really strange. Forget whatever factors are contributing to that, but I mean, if at this rate, in tw fifty years, is it going to be one out of every two, four? I mean, it, it, it's insane. We really are getting less smart it's it's not well, a, I mean, well not only smart but one of the things that shocked me is how many people don't have like an internal dialogue i'm like really i mean i'm always in my i have it too much sometimes i can't sleep i'm always thinking in my head and to be honest if people start to bore me i'm starting to think about other things but a lot of people they don't have that they don't have an internal dialogue i'm like are, are you even there that just astounded me yeah, I mean, I, I have like too much of an internal dialogue for yeah. me, but I didn't even realize that people, I guess I figured everybody kind of was talking to themselves in their head. Is that really true? Or is there some, is, is that is that like a, they've revealed that a lot of people don't have some sort of in, internal no, dialogue? No, yeah, they did a survey and like, some, it's a high amount, like 60% of people, they don't have an internal dialogue whatsoever, or they can't do something like this. Like I could say, picture an apple. I can right now picture an apple, imaginary apple in my mind. A lot of people can't do that. They just absolutely can't do that. And I'm like, I was astounded. So we're getting people, that's where you got the NPC meme that these people just kind of follow what everyone tells them to do. But it's, yeah, there's a lot of stupid people out there. When you talk about the non-playable characters, like there's a lot of forms of that, the NPCs, like how they can interact. And that's like the city council people is the only way, like they can't really come down to my level and act goofy. Like that's, those are a perfect example of like an NPC, these politicians that, you know, right. rule the world. Like you can be as goofy and, and pretend to give you all placate you. Like you can talk to them and speak to them and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they don't even get, they can't even give you their attention. They're still an NPC non-playable character. And unless you're like a political action committee donating money to whatever their cause is, that's how you get access to them. But speaking and acting a goofball, they're not even going to respond at the city council because they're all NPC non-playable characters. So none of the city council members ever reached out to you and say, hey, anonymously even say, hey, that was kind of funny. Well, actually, you know, I, I say this guy, Mayor Chad West, he did have a representative reach out to me and he wants to, you know, have dinner with me, one of the city councilmen. And, you know, and, and I talked about this. I've actually, uh, 
you know, I'm considering running for mayor of Dallas. And obviously, I don't think I'm going to win. You know, Eric Johnson's not doing that bad of a job. But if I can get in the I think I can win the primary for the Repo- the Republican side and then I can get in the debates. And that's where I want to go viral, because if I can get in the debates with with Mayor Johnson, I just know that I could be go. Nobody would ever do what you've seen me do in a political debate. I mean, I would be it would be. It would make shockwaves what I would be doing in this debate. Uh, so that's what I, you know, that's what I hope to do is I hope to be, you know, kind of a muckraker and, you know, stir the pot uh, politically, at least locally in my local politics. Yeah. Well, and getting back to Trump, that was a part of Trump. I thought 2016 was a magical year when he could just troll the hell out of the people on the debate stage and with like Jeb Bush. And he gave them nicknames, low energy Jeb. And it, it was hilarious. Little like Marco was, Rubio. That was awesome, dude. He had nicknames. He was like, and dude, when he had the debate with Hillary and he thought he's like, you'd be in jail. I mean, he was smooth yeah. as ice, dude. He had everything going for him. And then Hillary had that email scandal. All the crap went in his favor, but now I'm starting to think that, uh, you know, it was probably, he was probably meant to go in the office just to make everybody so divided. I mean, it's almost like they picked Trump to be the president looking back. I almost feel like that because Hillary, maybe they wouldn't, maybe people wouldn't have gone with all this left leaning stuff if they didn't have somebody like Donald Trump to like radicalize them, you know, to be so far left. They can't even see reality. Yeah, I'll get back to what I was saying because I, I kind of got off track, but I, I got a sharp mind. I'm not like uh, Joe Biden yet. And I was going back to that show you were on. I was saying that because I don't have TV, so I don't watch, but you were on Cheaters for years. Is that true? Yes. And so, and I signed an NDA, so I can't like say like, oh, Cheaters is A, B, C, or D. So you can look into it. But yes, you know, I would follow the people and, and we, that's basically how I started my channel, started creating content is the host of the show is a guy named Clark Gable. His, his dad, excuse me, his grandfather was the Clark Gable from Gone to the Wind. And, uh, his dad was Clark Gable's son. So Clark grew up this, the kid, like a kind of a wild, you know, party animal, like lifestyle. And I would have never thought this guy would have died, but he bought Vicodin supposedly that had fentanyl in it. And, you know, he took a normal amount, went to bed and, and never woke up. And after that happened, that made me change my life because I was like, you know, I used to party not as hard as him, but I very easily could have been after a show if I would have said, oh, I, I remember I went to the de- I remember I got pain pills from him when I went to the dentist. So I'd gotten pain pills from Clark before, you know, a year before that, you know, I was going to the dentist. They didn't give me anything. My tooth hurt. And so I'm just saying very easily that could have been me a year later with a bad fentanyl pill and me be dead, even if you're not abusing drugs. So that, that made me change my life. And I was supposed to be the host after Clark passed away. The guy that owns the show, he said, oh, you know, Alex, you know, I'll, I'll use you as the host. We're in a bind. I'll use you as the host of the next season. And in my mind, I was all sad about Clark. But I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. You know, I'm going to be the host of the show. And then when it came time to do the show, he hired like this like DJ called Peter Guns from New York. Um, you know, it was like this like black DJ type guy. So he was different. He wasn't like, you know, a white, like young kid. He was, you know, he was different than me. And they, you know, they wanted me to still work there, but I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not working there anymore because I don't, I don't want to be in the remains of Clark's graveyard. Because I thought maybe I, I like in my mind, I would have thought like, oh, it's kind of bad taking the show over after Clark. But like Clark and I were friends. I don't know. I wouldn't have felt bad because I kind of would have honored Clark. I guess I, I know that sounds weird, but like once I realized this Peter Guns guy was the host, no, I quit. And then I started creating my own channel. That's when I created the Conspiracy Castle. On YouTube, we're live right now on uh, as well on my channel. But uh, and that's where I that's where I started creating my own content, and I'm so happy I did because now it'll be two years in May where I've been consistently creating my own content, and uh, 
I'm telling you, the doors that's opened up, like like you, I'm looking at Paul, I'm just saying the people I've met high up, the cool interviews I've got to do and the videos, like, I just know this is my passion because I came back and started selling cars, jumping off cars. I'm in the wholesale car business, so I'll give you an instant cash offer. So I'm always buying people's cars that have transmission issues or, you know, cars overheating. So I'm always breaking down. It's 100 degrees in the summer here. It's just being a used car junkie salesman is not a great thing. So creating content and having a little bit of success and the support people give me is, is motivating me. This is my true passion and calling. Yeah, I guess so. And I hope you, I, I know you're going to do really well. I can tell it because you, you got everything, you got the look, you could speak well and you're funny. And so you're going to be very successful. And guys, if you haven't subscribed to him, he's a, he has great content and we need more of this. And uh, so uh, getting back to the cheaters, I never watched it. Was that where you just try to catch people that are cheating? Or yes. Something? So you never watched cheaters one time. Oh man. No, I should... no, because I'm, uh, oh, I, I think, you know, I'm here in Arkansas and, we have like Bill Clinton. So I, like, I need. I know. Well, Bill Clinton is the real one. Uh, but I, I gosh, I want to find. Has it, rumor has it he's cheated. It depends how you define sex. I know. Well, I'm trying to find this this one uh, cheaters episode in this hotel where you can see me. Oh my gosh, I should have had it keyed up. But um, basically, you know. Uh, oh, that makes me so mad. We that's what we do, and it, it, that's what we do. We go. We send a private detective to go you know, find out if somebody's been cheating or not here. Let me, this is just a random one. Let me just, I don't know if this one's yeah. very good. Let me do a share screen. Okay. Share screen. Share this one. Okay. And then, uh, like, this is just, this is the Clark. This isn't a necessarily good one or anything, but she reports on her decision. Can you see it, Paul? Yeah, go ahead. But so this is Clark. Pierre Terry. A car salesman turned comedian asked for help in determining why his girlfriend seems to be hiding things from him. Pierre begs assistance from cheaters. So he calls into the show, then we interview him. Well, the things with Sunday in the beginning was just beautiful. I mean, it was just like something out of a. Uh, okay, a so now we go. So then we go. Stall in your house. What you're about to see is those shots from inside the house. We get the internal surveillance in the bedroom. That's where we see Sunday. Now, during this time, she receives a phone call. What you're about to hear is audio from that conversation. You were on the call. Tell me if you remember this. Listen to it first. Okay, so this is budget crap. Now, this is then we go and confront the people. That's the way we're doing it now. So that's the way we're doing it now. This man is for a wig. Hey, Byron, do you have a wife? So this is it. This is the show. And you just, you know, go around and chase people uh on uh, on cheaters it's pretty it's pretty low brow to be honest uh it, it, it does and uh I, I, my my girlfriend sasha she actually was once um on the audience of jerry springer in fact she just got home right yes. now and uh she she said it was funny because they would they tell the audience like when you're supposed to do the jerry 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 and when you're supposed to boo so even that is kind of fake so uh, yeah, that's interesting. All those that. shows, I mean, in like you know, I, like I said, I was on the uh, online dating rituals. That was one of the biggest shows I have. Biggest, you know, it's a dumb reality show. But for that, I got to go uh, be a guest on the Today Show. That was the coolest thing ever. That was the only time I felt like a real, like you know, bell of the ball 
where I got to go be at NBC 30 Rock, you know, but I ended up getting the interview cut short because I was hitting on Kathy Lee Gifford. So I really kind of screwed the pooch on that. And they were really mad about that because I was like, you know, talking about how I got with all these girls, uh, you know, on this online dating show. And then Kathy Lee Gifford cut the segment early on the Today Show. So, yeah. Um, but like most of the stuff you see, reality TV, like Jerry Springer, that's, that's how I got my start with the reality TV shows is, is in, in Hollywood. Like, so I would be an extra and some days you don't, you don't be an extra you can go to the studios and they'd have it where you can sit in an audience and they'll pay you 25 bucks for two hours, for a two hour show. It's like, usually that's what it takes to film a show. Maybe it's like two to four hours if it's like one of those talk shows, but they'll give you 25 bucks to just sit there and do nothing. So if you have nothing to do that day, it's not that bad to go kill three. And it's kind of fun. So when you get to go to the studio, you see all the castings for all these reality shows and stuff. So that's how I got on my first show was that I was sat in the audience of a show. And then I, you know, uh, I saw like a production assistant. I was like, how do I get on it? And that's how I got on my first reality show. And once you get on one, you get on a bunch. But it, this is the thing. Cheaters, all this stuff. It's all crap TV. The future is the independent content creators like you and, and oh, myself. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's the only stuff I watch. It's like, you know, this day and age, uh, maybe if, if Survivor, one of these big time reality shows like Alex, you know, we could have you on like one of these huge networks. I might do it just to, for the game of five, just to play a game. Cause I like a game. But if you see a reality TV show, it is not necessarily scripted, but it's fake. It is like, you know, produced by a producer in order to make the best content that they think will be appealing to the masses. And do they pay you? I mean, yeah, but it's not very good. Like even I, yeah, I, I heard that I heard because it's very profitable for them because if they do an episode, let's say cheers or um, friends, I forget these episodes, but they pay those actors a lot of money, but reality TV performers, they get very little money. What I heard, is that true? Dude, it's nothing. I mean, I pay those people like when they, I'm talking about the biggest ones, like the bachelor, I guess it probably is like one of the most popular ones. They probably get like 125 bucks a day, but that's not very much. If that's you're, that's it. Oh that's yeah, it. You get paid like a, a 500,000 for the series or something. No, like. I mean, the lead, the lead, you know, person that gets to do it, they probably get like 150 or, you know, some sort of six figure deal, but they, yeah. they make more money. Like, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or whatever city on, on Bravo, those women, unless they're like in their 11th season or whatever, they don't even get million dollar contracts. You know, they're working, they're, they're making, I'm talking about the most popular shows for these networks like Bravo, like one of their biggest franchises, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but they don't even pay the top woman on there like $500,000. That's pretty cheap when you consider what they, you know, sell and produce the show for. Uh, because the women want to go on the show because then they can use that as a marketing tool for other businesses. But that's like the whole gimmick. Like those first year reality show women on those shows that you think, oh, the life of the rich and fabulous Bravo ladies, they're getting paid like 10 grand, 15 grand, I mean, like the literal bare minimum, less than minimum wage. You get paid less than minimum wage when you go on those shows where you have to live in the house because you're there 24 hours. So if they broke it down your hourly wage, it's like $4 an hour. I mean, it's not, it's less. It's less than uh, the seven dollars an hour minimum wage. Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, Sasha. She was listening to a podcast of this girl. I forget her name. Who was it on Rock and Love? Who's doing her experience? Oh, Lacey. I can't think of her name. Lacey something. But she said it really sucked because it's you're always in camera and it's it's it, it wasn't a fun experience. They can only like, take them off when they use the bathroom or something. Yeah, they're always on camera except for the bathroom. So it really uh, it she, they didn't really care for that. So. That's true. Yeah, yeah I, I did one of you live in a house. I mean, and literally, like, they say there's not a bathroom, there's a camera in the bathroom, but there's a microphone in the bathroom. You know what I mean? So, like, you don't yeah. even have privacy. Even if in the bathroom, if you're farting, like, they're hearing that. You know yeah. I mean? I'm just saying you really don't have any privacy. You think you have some even in the bathroom, but no, you don't even have any in there. 
Yeah, it is pretty uh, crazy for that. Hey, I, I, a couple of people have questions, so I'm going to go through these questions. This is great. And uh, the first person, uh, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> See, there's an example that that turned out to be kind of a funny trollish thing that kind of went viral. Just that whole let's go, Brandon thing. It, it, and it, they it, shut it, that oh. down. Did you see on the NASCAR, the guy, you know, he got his car sponsored by the let's go, Brandon coin and NASCAR yeah. wouldn't let him. I mean, dude, why? And NASCAR doesn't even have a sense of humor. Wow, I, I, it, it is funny just how that all came about, and um, uh, for a variety of reasons, is a good troll because it's kind of making fun of the media too. Because that little reporterette, obviously, obviously, she could hear the guy, the, the yeah. audience saying "fuck Joe Biden," but she's yeah. like, "Oh, what are they saying?" I guess they're saying "let's go, Brandon." And the poor Brandon is like, uh, "Yeah, that's right." Anyway, uh, let's go, Brandon. Hey, Alex, haven't laughed that much in a while. That was terrific. I agree. When I saw that, I thought it was real. Then I heard the lyrics. I'm like, wow, that is that you're, you're talented. Uh, thank you, and hope you uh, come back on Ramsey Paul so soon. Uh, yeah, a Alex, uh, congratulations on that video. You have, a, by the way, you got to have a lot of balls to do something like that. Or stupidity. It's a little bit of both. It's a fine line. You have to have just enough amount of stupidity and balls. To go do that, but it, everybody should go go. Uh, like, listen, you don't have to go troll those those you know city meetings. But now, like with Zoom and stuff, you, people, you can go if you have something to complain about. I think you should go say something. Yeah, I, I saw that your uh, daughter identifies as a reptile now. As a lizard, yes. And now yeah, yeah. the school district will not put a terrarium in her room, and that's really not that. I like we're not trying to get the temperature set to eighty five degrees, which you know <laughs> isn't that unreasonable, but. We just want a glass box in the corner of the room that she can sit in and use the restroom in and during class. And they're going to freak out about it. They're just. They're, they're yeah. And if you guys don't know, that's because of Michigan it actually came up. I think it was serious that they did put litter boxes in the girls restrooms for these like furry type characters. They're kind of weird uh, that identified as cats. And I'm like, OK, that's a huge thing is like the people doing the furries where they identify as cats and they wear the costumes. But listen, we should like, I mean, we should accommodate kids' creativity. But like, this is a little much saying your gender can be a cat. You know, we're accommodating it too much where you're losing creativity is the problem. When people actually think they are these things, then they don't realize they're just being creative and they're just like playing around. It's like they're, they're like, now if you can dream it, you can actually be it, which is a, a totally disconnected from the reality we live in. Were you the guy, uh, I've seen so many videos and I might get confused, but I think you were the guy that went into Target with a mask, but is like, yes, yes. That, that was my first video. Everybody thought that was so cool. Cause I, I mean, it, that is, that's what, that's where we're at because I was wearing a mask, but it wasn't covering my mouth. I'm surprised YouTube never took that video down either, but I'm saying that's where we're at is that we're so desperate for like content. It's like, because we need to be more civilly disobedient or, or whatever. It's like these rules, everybody know these rules are, you know, basically arbitrary. So, Somebody seeing a video like that, like being civilly disobedient by wearing the Batman mask, it, it's just, that's like a rallying cry. I just, I almost hate it. I almost hate that that's a rallying cry. I almost hate that this video, this satire is being rallying, a rallying cry. Like, I just would have thought humanity would be more awake, uh, than like, you know, this, this like feeble separation mindset where we're like, wear your mask. If you don't wear your mask, you know, you're a killer. It's it's really it's absurd where we are. Uh, that, that that was great. You've inspired me to kind of go back to my roots and Aries Aries. Uh, at first, I wasn't sure about this loud. Oh come on, he's not loud. But halfway into the ride, I would for sure tell him 
where the good chow is if he got in my taxi. So see, you want a guy over. Initially, he was like, I don't know about you, but now he would show you where the good food is. I okay, guess he's good. a plant I need to know. And I'm plant-based. I don't eat meat. I don't know if you guys know that, which it's actually made me more fat because I eat all this sugar and candy. But I'm the plant-based pimp, so he needs to know where the plant-based food's at. That's George. That That's uh, that's Bill Gates' uh, Agenda uh, 21 World Economic Forum mindset, they all say, is the plant-based. What do you think? I, I love the, uh, what's his name, Klaus Schwab character. Yeah. I mean, it, it, sometimes I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with Elon Musk. Is this a, a simulation? Because it's just like Klaus Schwab is just like the stereotypical James Bond villain, you're gonna eat the Z bugs, you know. I mean, come on, dude. You dude, know? he's a, you nailed it. It's the it's the stereotypical James Bond villain, and uh, the writer of Ian Ian Fleming, the guy who wrote all that stuff, like he had like prior knowledge, like like prior. I don't know how to say it, but he knew that there had to be like these evil villains that wear these cool clothes that yeah. like make us. So that's what I'm saying. He's basically like a cartoon character from an Ian Fleming novel. Is what I'm trying to say. You're right. Uh, yeah, you know, he really is. And Carrie C. Carrie C. is a good friend. Reading through. Depressing Twitter and came across Alex's post, laughing with tears down my face. So great. Best way to deal with these people now, ridicule and resistance. And, uh, you know, Alex, that must make you feel bad when people are depressed and they see your content and they you just brighten up and they're laughing. That's got to make you feel good. It makes you feel really good, but it also kind of makes you feel sad that we're all so depressed because I get depressed too. I mean, I get stuff that, you know, you know, brings me down and like all you see on the, that, that pumps us up. I mean, all the stuff that gets pumped out that we see on the timeline feed is like negative stuff. So yeah, yeah. it makes you feel so good when somebody has a positive interaction with the content. It makes you feel awesome. And JH D D H, I'm sorry, said, Does anybody remember when Geraldo got called out for his real name being Jerry King on the show? Was that real? Tom Metzger went on that episode. I don't remember that. Well, like Geraldo, I mean, like, you know, he he's Big time TV guy. I mean, he's you know like the, the he had the fake safe or the, he had what is Bugsy Siegel safe? They opened it and there was nothing in it. Well, Al Capone safe. Yeah. and they're like they open it up and there's like they found like a bottle because they're like mm. what could be behind here? Will there be jewels, a cash, dead bodies? And they open it up like that, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of feel bad for him because when you do live, whatever, it's um you know. <laughs> yeah, but they probably knew there wasn't anything in there. I mean, I mean they might have thought that, but they pumped it up like there was gonna be something in there. Just a typical TV, you know. I wanted bodies in there, I wanted machine guns, I wanted jewels, I wanted something exciting, but it turned out yeah, uh Geraldo, he's the one that also had would have those uh what was it, like the skinheads and they would fight and then he got punched. Oh, he got punched by no, one yeah. and they Geraldo yeah. is, I mean, he's good. He's an entertaining guy. He has his, his enunciation sounds good. He has yeah. a boy. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a talented broadcaster. The fact he has a fake stage name, it's like Beto O'Rourke. I mean, they all call him, uh, um, you know, he's run for governor all these positions against Ted Cruz. He keeps leaving, uh, losing. They think he's like some Hispanic guy, but he's like a white gringo from El Paso that just took on a, a Spanish name. It's not even his, his name's Robert. Oh, is that Yes, guy? Beto O'Rourke's name is Robert. Yeah, that, that whole Hispanic thing is kind of silly anyway, because I'm friends for, uh, I haven't seen her in a while, but she's uh, co-hosted with me uh, years ago, but she's a Mexican, but she's like white as you. Mm. And it's kind of funny how they try to make Hispanic into a race. It, re it really is. No, there's a lot of Mexicans with the fair skin and red hair. Yeah, you don't even realize. Mm -hmm. It's just funny, uh, you know, the, the, the stereotypes we think are real and fake. Yeah. So um, uh, let's see. Do I have any others? Or I think that's about it. Um, 
Alex, it's been so fun having you on. And wow. I, I, I look forward to these two in an hour. And I, uh, I want to thank you so much. And if you guys haven't checked out his content, please do. He's in a conspiracy corner. Conspiracy Castle. Conspiracy Castle. But yes, you nailed it. You, the fact you can remember uh, all the stuff, all the shows, you, this is you're one of the most well-versed interviews that I've ever gotten. And I know that, uh, you know, you probably didn't have to do that much research. You just read a few articles, but I appreciate you doing that. I'm just saying the fact that you showed enough attention to read that shows you're a professional. I really appreciate that. This is like, uh, the, you know, I, I'm not, I, I have to be honest. And I've often told people this. I much prefer to be interviewed. I've been interviewed quite a bit. I feel comfortable with it. I know how to do it. But when I interview someone, this is always the time that gets me a little bit nervous. I mean, you've been, you're easy to interview because you, you're interesting. You go on, but you don't ramble. And when you interview someone, either sometimes you get a worry, they're just going to give you like a one word answer. Yeah, no, no, it sucked. Or they just start going on and on. And how do you bring them back in? So you've been an excellent guest. So, well, did you ever listen to Howard Stern? Now I hate Howard Stern, but did you ever, uh, as a yeah, broadcaster? See, Howard Stern, I'm at the school of Howard Stern, you know, the interviewing. That's why I feel like I can, I know how to do an interview too, is because of that. I like to listen to it. Like you said, it is, it's less stressful being a guest. I like being a guest yeah. too. Um, you know, than interviewing somebody, but I love interviewing somebody because now I know you like now in the future, like when I you know, tweet or something like we know each other and, right. and all it took is this hour long interview. You really do get to know somebody. You wouldn't think so, but you like, I feel like I know you, even though I don't know you that well, it's just, it's just the way it works. Yeah. I, I, I try to uh, keep it real and be genuine and uh, not put on an act and, and you know, it's just what, what I am. And uh, you seem like a genuine person too, even though you do have this whole satire that you do, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a paradox, but I, I understand. It is a paradox. Yeah. I think that you could see it because uh, listen, I'm trolling the rich to give content to the poor like myself. Like even though I have the suit, this is from a thrift store. This is a green screen. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying don't let this smooth image fool you. I'm just a grunt trying to, you know, make a dollar out of 15 cents like everybody else. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting peed on by the government and told it's raining every day, just like everybody else. But I'm trying to, you know, not even necessarily wake people up, but just kind of make them question the nature of our reality. Cause that's the only, that's the only way, like, we can't wake everybody up. But if you start people, start getting people to ask questions like, it, does the government lie? Did they do Operation Paperclip? You know, da 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 da, you know, ABCD. Let them start connecting the dots. And then that's all you can really hope for when it comes to waking up the masses, in my opinion. And it's interesting talking to people. You, you start to realize, for good or bad, people are just people, even people in Hollywood or even celebrity types. I've, I've interviewed some that are, you know, they have multi million dollars, but their lives are just like regular people, really. You don't, you think it's always just constant parties and champagne and, you know, hookers and everything else, but not really. So. So, yeah, it, that's the way it is. So, uh, Alex, it's been so uh, wonderful to have you on. Guys, subscribe to him. And uh, my my girlfriend, once we and she wants to say hi to you. She's a big fan, and she's the one that really – she's actually like my agent. So, wow, so thank she you. made you. Well, tell her, let me see her. Let, let's say hi. Please, Sasha, come on, yeah, Sasha. Sasha. She's going to hide where – she's got to hide where her shirt right. works. And um, I'm on my lunch break. Sasha, <laughs> my, my queen. Thank you for hooking me up with the interview. No, I really appreciate I love, it. I love your parody. And then I watched more of your stuff and I watched the video of you in Target and it was so funny. 
I love anybody that's a good troll. I mean, he's a, a troll too. Yeah, you can tell you know, he, he is a troll. Portland. Yeah, I told him. Yeah, yeah. And, he yeah. Had all this. and you live in Dallas. Like, we should hang out sometime because I used to go there every year for the Texas Frightmare weekend. Well, that's time you're in Dallas. You hang out with me. We'll go get lunch. I'm telling you. But the thing yeah. is, tra- tra- yeah. I mean, when you're in Dallas, my treat. But the travel stinks now with the mask. Oh, I, I, I just don't drive. Yeah, do you drive? Because it's like five hours, like so. It's probably cheaper to drive anyway than fly. Lunch but on me. I, I used to go like every year to Texas Frightmare, but since COVID, like I don't know, but I, I don't want to go if they have you have to wear a mask. I know, you but need- isn't that funny how you don't want to wear a mask in a haunted house where everybody's wearing masks? <laughs> <laughs> you should go there. It's a lot of fun. I love it's- haunted houses. I'll go, if you guys come, I'll go with y'all. I'll make a well, vlog of it. I'll, I'll edit it and upload it. It'll go viral. Or, or, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's not a haunted house, though. It's a convention. Okay, what is it? But though, what is the Frightmare Convention? Where is it? It's the. It's, uh, it's usually at the Marriott or the Hilton. I think it's at the Hilton. It's by the. Airport. Is it the scary movie? What is the Frightmare? Yeah, Convention? Yeah, we're in scary movies, yes. and they get all these people dressed up, and they had like one year. The first year I went, they had a Carrie reunion. And they had a bunch of actors from Carrie, and they had a Carrie prom, and people were dressed like Carrie. And it was you know, you wouldn't have to wear a mask in Dallas at that event. No way. You don't think so? No way. Not in oh, Dallas. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, we should we go totally then. Do that. In yeah. Dallas, yeah. no. You, you can walk around because the cops don't have to wear the mask. No, you know you'd be fine. Oh, that's good. Well, sometimes like here in Arkansas, you don't, but then it's up to the people having the event. If What's they the deal with Asa Hutchins? Is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Yeah, he's, he's okay. He's, he's kind of a mainstream Republican. He's older. He's going to retire. He so. was good on uh, the lock. Like he never locked us down. Right. So he was good about some stuff, and he was good, uh, yeah, about the stuff that's going on with the mandates. But on other stuff, it's like yeah, I've heard a lot of people say he's in Walmart's pocket because this is like, of the course, you know, he's in Walmart. They own Walmart. are horrors, but yeah, yeah, he's in Walmart. Uh, Howard Stern, yes, he used to be funny. I know people don't like him now. We were talking about him the other day because I read when I was like 18, I took the Greyhound to Illinois. That's where I'm actually from. And uh, I read Private Parts and uh, Miss America, and they were both really funny. And That I was the, the best movie. book ever. I read the he whole was. Private Parts in school. That was like one of the one yeah. books I read the whole front to cover. You know, I probably read like five books. Yeah, because it was so hilarious. And there's a guy, somebody on the show turned me on to. It's called Red Bar. I don't know if you I love him. Red Bar, but, you know, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't been live in forever. They say he's sick, you know? Yeah, I, mean, well, I hope he's okay. I just discovered him, like, this week, and I've been binge watching Oh, so you're in a Red Bar rabbit hole. Wow, you're new yeah. to Go back. You go to watch him all troll, all the comedians. Red Bar is one of the best. But, no, I, I, I got into him about a year ago, and, and somebody – to turn me on to Red Bar, They're like you're kind of like Red Bar, even though I'm different. He's a little more intense than me, uh, uh, but he is hilarious. He's, he's he is really, hilarious, yeah. and he like does the the, the fav- My favorite ones are the Crowder ones. Yeah, he's, he's, on, he's he plays the drop. This guy and he pulls the chair out from under him or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the no. change my mind thing. It was I was just dying laughing. Yeah, no, he's great. Yeah, he's good. But well, yeah, if we go to Frightmare Weekend, we'll for sure, I'll that. message you. Yeah, please. So, Okay, guys. All right. Yeah, listen. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah, thank guys, you. thank you for showing up and a great interview uh, with Ramsey Paul Live. Yes. Hey. <laughs> See ya. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you. I got I got an interview yeah, right now. Fun. Dude, yeah, it was, it was a pleasure. It was really oh, a pleasure. Here. Yeah, she's just like you. She um we're off the air. She she does not drink, but she loves marijuana. Oh, yeah. You like-
Uh, hey, I know I like to puff the devil's lettuce. So you come to Dallas, my treat. We'll smoke a joint. Oh, yeah. right. do you, you, I like to do edibles. Of course. Not- I'll get some brownies. We're going to be brownied out. Is so. it legal there now? No, but, but we'll find a grayer. We'll just take the CBD. That's what we'll take. We'll take the CBD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll yeah I've been out for like, I, I've got a little bit, but I'm out of edibles and I'm just kind of like, you got to make it. You got to bake it with the oil. All you got to do is get the bad. You don't, you don't know how to make the brownies yourself. Well, I've never made them. I get the candy bars when we go to Colorado or we went to Illinois like a few months ago and I got some, but I kind of like, I was off work for two weeks and all I did was like take edibles every day. I know. And then I They're my like, favorite. I'd rather take edibles and smoke it, but I don't yeah. get the good ones. Me too. I love, I love marijuana, but yeah, it's I'm the, totally it's the best. It is. And I've, I've, I don't know where to get any now. Cause I usually just get them. Arkansas, isn't it legal in Arkansas? No, no med- medicinal is. Go get a med card. Go get a med card in two seconds. Oh my god! I'm gonna send you how to go. Okay, I got an interview at eight. I gotta go right now, but I'll send you. I'll send you to Rams how to get one. Thank you. Get the med card, and then you get the best edibles ever, medical grade. Oh my gosh! I have a friend that's got one. Maybe I can ask him. No, go get your own. I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna teach you. All right, bye. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Paul. All right, guys. All right, all right. We got another interview right now with uh, Pat Dixon. We'll see.